And now, this is the DDT Wrestling Podcast with New Age Insider's Chief of Staff, DC Matthews, and the unendorsed Doc Manson. Hello, everybody! It's now My gonna... name is DC Matthews. <laughs> Welcome to DDT Wrestling. I'm DC Matthews. <laughs> oh. And DC Matthews NAI on Twitter. I am joined, as always, by my co host, Doc Manson. Say hello, Doc. Hi, everybody. Hi, everybody. How you doing? I'm fine. You can find me. No, you Doc can't. Manson you can't do Twitter. my voice and then your own voice. Watch if me. You're gonna this take, whole show. <laughs> if you're you going to take over my personality, then I get to do yours. I don't know why I sounded like Doctor Nick, but well, I don't know why I sounded like what I sounded like. Well, I'm a little guy. <laughs> never. I don't know where that came from. In my I'm entire sorry. life. My mom says, and she hates that I keep bringing this up, but one time she was like, you were such this cute little bruiser baby. And I was like, that's a terrible thing to say. <laughs> to call your son a bruiser as a baby. Well, you know. I'm not saying she was I, wrong. I'm just saying it's I, a terrible thing to say. But yes, as Doc Manson... I don't want to so- say things about your mother, but it just makes me wonder about what that process might have been like. Are you uncomfortable yet? It's We haven't even hit a minute and a half, and I'm tempted to go crawl into the corner. But this we, is... We this can is, start over. This we is everybody's... We can, we can fa- scrap this. No, this is fine. <laughs> okay. This is everybody's favorite part of the show. I get lots of tweets that say, my favorite part of the show is when DC Matthews feels uncomfortable. So, you're welcome, everybody. Doc, Doc Manson, at Doc Manson, made awkward comments about uh, the process of my birth, and now I feel uncomfortable. <laughs> well, so. you're the one who brought up that you were a bruiser baby. I mean... Uh, you're the one that brought up that I was a quote-unquote little guy, and... Uh, <laughs> I said I didn't know where that comment came from. I didn't say that you necessarily were. Just this, you know, this extension of your personality, which I have, you know, created a parody out of. Uh, apparently. Well, anyways, folks, welcome to DDT Wrestling, our email welcome address. Welcome to DDT Wrestling. Sorry, sorry. As you were saying, DC. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Don't give me that look. Bubby, come back here. <laughs> come on. The all right, are all right, for all right. a nice show. All right. Our email address is ddtwrestling at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter at DCMatthewsNAI, at Doc Manson. Uh, Doc, we spent four hours podcasting not too long ago. Uh, I hardly remember. I, I do think it possibly is our best show to date. A lot of good feedback on that show. What, what are your thoughts on the, the DDT brand as we head into 2016? Uh, uh, str- stronger than ever. Stronger than ever. I, I think uh, we're definitely a buy. De- definitely a buy. Yeah, when when Wapner's not on, is that? (laughs) (laughs) Got to go to Kmart. Yeah, yeah. Got to get my underwear. Yeah, Dad lets me drive the car, but only in the driveway. All right, Um, that is a good movie. You know the thing that bothers me about that movie? What? I'll tell you. Let me munch on this sperm cracker while you while you tell me. At the end, Tom Cruise says, "But it's Dustin Hoffman, right?" He says to Dustin Hoffman, "I'm gonna come visit you." And my my interpretation of the ending of that film 
is that he never goes to visit. I don't know if I've ever seen the entire movie. No? It's a good movie. I, I know parts of it. I know the bathtub. I know the casino. I know all of that stuff. I don't remember the ending. I assumed that it was a happy ending and Tom Cruise, you know, takes care of Dustin Hoffman for the rest of their natural lives. But uh, uh, It's that- definitely not that. He doesn't win custody. And they take him away. And he says that he's going to visit him, you know, very emotionally and whatnot. But and we're left, I, I don't, and we're I don't left believe, to believe that that doesn't happen? I just don't... Knowing what I know about that character, I think he fought, you know, for the custody from a good place, but I don't think that's who that person is. I think outside of the immediacy of the emotions, he would never actually visit. At least wow. that's my... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I just... I don't think it's as happy of an ending as maybe... I mean, it's not a happy ending, So right? Dustin, I, Dustin Hoffman still, dies alone. Old well, and alone. With no one to visit him. Wow. Well, there's your movie recommendation for today, folks. Go check out Rain Man. And when you're done crying, (laughs) you can thank us at ddtwrestling at gmail.com. Yeah, definitely got an email. Definitely got an email. We we do have some emails. Um, I don't know when you want to break into the email to email what what to email. Because quite a bit has happened in this week in professional wrestling. Uh, Has it? I can't think of one single thing that has happened this week in professional wrestling. Well, uh, we have the social outcasts. Heath Slater and Bo oh, Dallas and Adam Rose and that Curtis was Axel. Big. That was big. I thought it was strange that Heath Slater was taking over the de facto leader of that group. I really thought that Bo Dallas would be the one to be in that sort of leadership position of that group. But apparently his stock has fallen so far that he's just like not even on the radar. Except he was the best talker of those four. Curtis Axel just talked about the chains being untethered or the chains being... Well, that was, in all fairness, that was the best promo Curtis Axel has ever given. It was terrible, but it is the best promo he's ever given. Uh, And I just... But, yeah, Bo Dallas, he he was the strongest talker. I just thought it was weird that he wasn't, like, you know, the first one speaking in the center of that group. And then at the very end, when he picked the mic up again and did the Bo Leave thing, it just... Something about that didn't flow correctly. Mm. It, it, it was, wasn't right. Did you watch main event? The main event of Raw? No, main event, the show on WWE Network. Is that still a show? I think so. I didn't watch it, though I, I, people no, keep actually, telling me no, that I should. Wait a second. Main event was like, you know, heat main event, whatever. It was their lousy first, uh, second run. Not even yeah. second run. Smackdown. It's, it's the, sh- it's it's the their... show they tape before they tape Raw and SmackDown. It's to the velocity. Get the crowd it's the up. heat. It's the yes. whatever. Okay, so that, am I correct, no longer airs on television? The only way you can see superstars or main event, both of which, one before Raw, one before SmackDown, is by watching WWE Network. I am fairly certain that is true. Okay, now is it like. <clears throat> Does it air live? Do they I don't think so. It? I think they just release it sometime during the week, like maybe one on Monday and one on or one on Tuesday and one on Wednesday or Friday. Because, or... like, I know you know, I watch NXT. Um, that's a network exclusive show. Maybe I should give this main event a try. But apparently, I saw a GIF. I saw a GIF of that. Listen, listen. Okay, so I know we had the back and forth. On the show, plus the tweet just earlier today. I know what Big E said. But, hey man, as I told you, I have come clean. I fully admit, I admitted on this show that 
you know, GIF is not the accepted pronunciation. I get it. However, I just want to put forth once more the fact that you had to spell it J-I-F so I would know you were talking about the wrong pronunciation, or at least my version that I claim is the wrong pronunciation, I think says to me that the real word is pronounced GIF. I have a serious problem with this, and we should just move on. Well, I I will go with you just in the nature of, of friendship and keeping this podcast civil. I will say GIF if I remember, but it's hard for me because every fiber in my being wants to say GIF. But there is a GIF of Bo Dallas leading Healthy the... Healthy moms choose GIF. This is a GIF. There is a GIF of Bo Dallas leading the four of them in a victory lap around the ring. I don't know if they had won. I don't know what it was. But just seeing that makes me think, maybe I do need to watch Main Event and Superstars. Perhaps that's what our show needs to be in 2016. We stop talking about Raw or SmackDown or NXT, and we only talk about the storylines that take place on Main Event and Superstars. I think it would be interesting, especially if we ignore all the other story developments that happen on the other shows, if we only take as canon what's happening on main event, I think that could lead to some interesting continuities. I gotta tell you, when Bo Dallas wins that Royal Rumble and goes on to face the world champion at WrestleMania, it's gonna be crazy, folks. Well, I mean, really, I think what would happen is we would, on main event, I presume, see something like Bo Dallas saying, I'm gonna win that Royal Rumble, and then... If we can't count anything that doesn't happen on main event, he would just talk about this thing, and then it would never happen. So we would have, like, a show full of crazy people imagining, like, these title events and shots that just never come to fruition. They're convinced they're going to be in this match. They're going to be in this 30-man over-the-top battle royal for the championship. But it's just a figment of their imagination. I think you may have just uncovered one of our new segments here on DDT Wrestling. Oh, what's is, that? Is we take a couple of minutes, the main event minute, and we just talk about main event, and we could include superstars, which is also part of it, as if those are the only two shows that exist in the WWE canon. I see one flaw with your plan. What's that? I would have to watch main event <laughs> to do this. You know, DDT, there's, there are DDTs is in the word dedication, so it will take some dedication for you to be able to do that. But that's what this show is all about. We don't just sit down and randomly start talking. Do you know how much planning goes into this show? Not one bit. That's how much planning goes into this show, as evidenced by the fact that it's ten minutes in, and we, we have not mentioned... masters. We have not mentioned a single big part of what's been going on in WWE. Well, we mentioned one big part. What's We're talking it? about Bruiser Babies. That's going to be my new creator wrestler on SmackDown, is Bruiser <laughs> Baby. Yes. A Bullet Club t-shirt and a diaper. I'm not... I like it. This uh, is gold. Speaking of the Bullet Club, let's let's take that segue. Uh, the I can't even say it's the biggest news at this point. I've Some never heard of the news, Bullet Club. What's the Bullet Club? I can't tell if you're being serious or not. Let's pretend like I'm being serious. All right, then. So, Doc, since you only exist in the main event canon, <clears throat> the Bullet Club was a stable, um, I believe, formed by Prince Devitt, uh, now known as Finn Balor, who's a wrestler you've never heard of. Um, 
who that began in Japan and it was an NWO like stable. And so Can I ask you one question? Sure. At one time was Jeff Jarrett a member of Bullet Club? No, I do not believe Jeff Jarrett has ever been a member of Bullet Club. I'm going to look that up right now. <laughs> but anyways, Bullet Club was this NWO-style stable led by Prince Devitt for a while and then taken over by AJ Styles. Uh, members Dot Gallows, who you would know if you watched Main Event as Festus, because I'm sure he was a part of Main you, Event for quite a while. You need to Google Jeff Jarrett Bullet Club on image search right uh, now. I'm not going to, because I'm going to exist in a world where Jeff Jarrett was never part of the Bullet Club. Uh, he, in fact, has a guitar with Bullet Club printed on the back of it. He is on the shoulders of AJ Styles. He is... Is it in a TNA ring? Is that what this is? I don't... I don't remember Jeff Jarrett ever being a part of Japan, but I suppose he could have been. King of Sports, New Japan Pro Wrestling is the watermark on this image. Wow. Okay, well, so this is now a very much less exciting story. Yeah, because here's the thing. Everybody in the world who wants to talk to me about Bullet Club now has to reconcile the fact that Jeff Jarrett was a member of Bullet Club, which means Bullet Club cannot possibly be as exciting as some people are trying to tell me that it is. It's just not possible. You Sorry. Have, you have blown my mind, Doc Manson. You have blown my mind. Um, although Bullet Club would be spelled B-U-L-L-E-T-C-L-U. <laughs> so close. So close. To I, I really thought we were going to get get something good there. Uh, but anyways... Uh, the the rumor is. It would be funny that, if he spelled it B U L E double T. There see you it. go. But the rumor is that um, AJ Styles, Doc Gallows, Machine Gun Carl Anderson, and Shinsuke Nakamura. I really not don't know Club. who those last two people are. Machine Gun Carl Anderson is the tag team partner of Doc Gallows, and Shinsuke. And Doc Na- Gallows was already in WWE. Yes, as part of the Straight Edge Society, he was Festus uh-huh. first. Yes, Festus. Then actually I miss no, Festus. actually no. Excuse me. I believe he was the fake Kane first. Then he was Festus. Then he was Luke Gallows, and now he will be returning supposedly in some form or fashion. Um, and Shinsuke Nakamura is one of the great Japanese wrestlers of this generation. I would say. Um, so you'd say he's probably a little worse than Hideo Itami. He's better than Kenta. He's, Hideo Itami. Well, then he's better than Hideo Itami. I see. Um, though, so, though, based is he on so how much we better feel, that he'll actually do anything worthwhile in the WWE, or will he just stand around and kick people until he gets injured? And that, that is one of that. the questions that people are asking because Shinsuke Nakamura is a very eccentric talent. I do not know nearly enough Japanese wrestling to speak expertly on Nakamura. I'll leave that to... Is this the uh, Japanese fellow with the blonde hair I see in this picture next to Jeff Jarrett? No, that would be Okada, I would imagine. Oh. Uh, Shinsuke has long black hair. He usually wears like red leather. He's very eccentric. He's like Dean Ambrose should be. Kind of, you know. Okay. Alright. It... He is a good wrestler. I've enjoyed watching him. He's, you know, got... Is he better or worse as a wrestler than Jeff Jarrett? He is better. 
He actually has some submission shoot fighting background, I believe. I've seen him do some pretty legitimate but stuff. But does he have even a drop of the charisma that Jeff Jarrett has? I disagree with the premise of your question. Sorry. I'm just I just I love that going. theme song from TNA. He's the king of the mountain, man. I think that would have been a real get. If you had told me that WWE had gone to New Japan and gotten Jeff Jarrett, that's something I could be excited about. But this guy, AJ, AJ Styles, uh, Luke Harper Gallows something, <laughs> uh, Nakam- Nakatomi Plaza, and... Uh, what was this other guy? Uh, Machine, Machine Gun, Gun Kelly. The guy, that, Gun the guy that Kevin Owens powerbombed through the table. I thought... Wait, I thought he... Wait. I thought he powerbombed a musician through a table. Machine Gun Kelly. This is Machine Gun Carl Anderson. They're two different people. I am so confused. So wait, Kevin <laughs> Owens did powerbomb this person or did not? There was a musician named Machine Gun Kelly. Why he's called Machine Gun Kelly, I have no earthly idea. I've never heard of him. He powerbombed him through a table or off the stage or something like that. This is not who I'm talking about. I'm talking about Machine Gun Carl Anderson, no relation to Ken Anderson, who is a Japanese... uh, 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 American talent popular in Japan. Okay, so Machine Gun Murphy is decent, you're saying. Is that what you're calling him now? I guess so. What was his name? Carl? Anderson. Okay, so Machine Gun Carl. Yes. He apparently is, again, I know very little about him. I've seen him maybe once. Um, I I couldn't even begin to describe him. He is a wrestler. Okay, and have you you legitimately seen Nakatomi Plaza? I have watched a few of Nakamura's matches, enough to know he is quite good. Uh... Rumors abound as to his proficiency in the English language. Some people say he does speak it pretty well. Some people say he does not. I'm not sure it's an issue. I, it's not with Asuka. Yeah. And this guy has the kind of charisma, a different version of that charisma, but he has a similar charisma to Asuka. As Jeff Jarrett? Stop talking about Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> well, he's clearly the most important member of Bullet Club. Jeff Jarrett I don't know why they didn't get the leader of what Bullet we're Club. Talking about. He's the leader of Bullet Club. I think it has everything to do with what we're talking about. You were going to talk about how I, 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 I peeked at the notes. You, actually, I think you wrote an article, right? Is that what this is? You, you, were gonna write, you wrote something about how Bullet Club is going to tear through the WWE in a new invasion angle. And all I'm saying is I don't think you can possibly do that angle justice if you didn't bring on the leader of the Bullet Club, Jeff Jarrett. As evidenced by the fact that I had no earthly idea that Jeff Jarrett was in Bullet Club, I don't think we can call him the leader. The last two leaders have So been... you admit to writing an article knowing barely any of the facts about the topic upon which you were writing. Hello, my name is DC Matthews. Apparently we've not met. Because that's how I make my that's how I make my wrestling fortune, as evidenced by the fact that I have zero dollars. Um, Indeed, but no, I did write. Uh, I I hypothesized that you could have Bullet Club do some sort of invasion and run roughshod, only to be and the only group possible to stop them would be a reformed Shield. Uh, Adam, our good friend Adam. I suppose I should call him Chip because we've all kind of agreed that that's his name now. 
at Adam K N A I asked me to expand on that. I don't know how much more I need to expand on that. You get the general idea. You know, I wrote an article yesterday with three possible ways WrestleMania could go with all of the news that's been coming out. One of them was that this Bullet Club group, this Japan group, would be sitting in the stands and would come out and attack people. So, to do a quick 30-second expansion there, Chip, they come out and attack Roman Reigns at the end of WrestleMania. They attack Reigns, they attack Ambrose, they attack all of these people. Reigns and Ambrose are trying to defend themselves, but they're overwhelmed by the numbers and the power, and the only thing they can do, they have to make that deal with the devil, and at SummerSlam, let's say, Seth Rollins returns from injury in the Shield, and the three of them take on the Bullet Club. That would be my Reader's Digest version of what that story could be. I think that's pretty good, Um, but I was just doing a little bit of light reading on the side here, and not only did Jeff Jarrett oh, join Bullet Club, but he brought along for the ride manager of Team Canada, Scott, Scott DeMore. DeMore. Or yes. DeMore? I, th- oh, I don't know how it's pronounced, but I thought it was Scott DeMore. I could be wrong. I like Scott DeMore. I liked I him too. in TNA. Team I, Canada was great. I enjoyed Team Canada. Bobby Roode, mm-hmm. Eric Young, Petey Williams, the other guy. Um, Back when Petey Williams was awesome. Whatever happened to Petey Williams? He was so shorter. He he was so good, and then it all kind of went. You know, you know what happened to Petey Williams. Scott Steiner happened to Petey Williams. It's true. That was brilliant. Little Papa Pump and the chainmail and all that. You remember that was actually pretty good. I thought that. I mean, that was. Yeah, that was good. How does the Canadian Destroyer rank to you in all-time finishing moves? Are you a fan of the Canadian Destroyer? Uh, The first time I saw the Canadian Destroyer, I rated that move a ten out of 10. It was the coolest thing I think I'd ever seen up to that point in wrestling. Do I still feel that way? I don't know. It, there's a, some suspension of disbelief that has to go along with that move. But man, that guy made it look good. Mm-hmm. Petey Williams gets props. That's all I can say. Now I'm really hoping that WWE buys out TNA and just puts all of that stuff on the network. Because I enjoyed TNA for quite a while. There's a ton of X Division stuff that's way worth watching. Yeah. I mean, you might say that's just all uh, spot fests. You know, you could give that criticism. It's just one spot after another. But it was exciting stuff, I think. Especially as someone, you know, who wasn't around during the Monday Night Roar- Wars, rather. I was coming back to wrestling from the after watching during 80s, early 90s. I'd never seen cruiserweights. So, I mean, the X Division was mind-altering, uh, for me at least, at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, so here's the thing. Uh, back on topic of the Bullet Club, which I'm sort of excited about, even if they don't have, even if WD did not hire their leader, Jeff Jarrett. Um, there's one thing we have not spoken about thus far, and that is the acquisition of AJ Styles. Is this a big deal, DC Matthews? Is this actually um, a big get for WWE? Or is this. I mean, because at this point, AJ Styles, right, he was he was injured in New Japan. There was some talk he wasn't even going to be able to compete at this last show in December, if I recall. Um, he's a guy who's getting up there in age. It looked like he was never going to go to WWE. He's talking about retiring in the next couple of years. Um, is this a guy that is actually going to have a career, a storied career, 
in the WWE, or is he there as, you know, Samoa Joe-style enhancement talent at best? You know, and I, like not to say Samoa Joe's not excellent. He is. AJ Styles at one time was excellent. I haven't seen any of his stuff recently. I'm sure he's still very good. I don't know. What do you think? Is this actually a big gap? Is that... Is, is, well, hold on. Before you answer that question... Sure. With that question, do you think acquiring AJ Styles is the biggest part of this acquisition announcement? Of the four, is that actually the headliner, or do you give that to someone else in that grouping? Well, let me start with the first part. Um, is this a big deal for WWE? Yes. You have acquired who many consider to be the best wrestler in the world not working for WWE, and who I'm sure a good portion of them would say, quite simply, the best wrestler working in the world today, AJ Styles. Yes, he is 38 years old. Yes, he has a history of uh, some injuries that I'm not sure how he has fully dealt with them yet. But it is still a big deal. Is it as big of a deal as the people on Twitter are making it out to be? No. Then again, when is it ever as big of a deal as the people on Twitter make it out to be? We on social media can, pull th- can bring ourselves to a frenzy with very little effort. So I don't think it's that huge of a deal. This is not a watershed moment of change for world wrestling entertainment. Um, having said that, it is still a big deal. Uh, I do think... I think AJ Styles is above Samoa Joe, and actually one of the interesting subplots here is I think AJ Styles coming to World Wrestling Entertainment makes Samoa Joe's career a little bit better because they have the history that you need so that if AJ Styles goes to WWE, Samoa Joe now has a reason to go as well. And I've said long on this podcast that I'm not sure Samoa Joe ever gets to WWE. Now I think that changes. Uh, do you think AJ Styles ever gets to WWE? Yes. Yes, I do. You don't think these guys are all just for NXT? No. I think they have, as a collective, with the Japanese contingent... And again, I have to point out, Shinsuke Nakamura, to the best of my knowledge, not that it's that expansive, said knowledge, Shinsuke Nakamura has never been a part of the Bullet Club. However, I think these four are going to combine to form some sort of group. And as a collective, the fact that they have grabbed these Japanese talents, quote unquote Japanese, one Japanese guy and three Americans. I think that in and of itself is a big deal. More so the sum is greater than the total of its parts. So I think it is a big deal. I don't know. AJ Styles is not going to have a storied WWE career because he's 38 years old. You know, in two or three years, he's probably wrapping it up. I think this is his, whether or not you call it a crowning achievement, this is his icing on the cake. He's had an amazing... How old was DDP when he got into the business? Diamond Dallas Page was old. I don't remember how old. I could look it up if you don't mind me clickety clacking on my keyboard. Yeah, I mean it don't matter. But he was. I, mean, look, I he guess was my point his... is AJ Styles could have a storied career regardless of his age. 
He but could. I guess he the, isn't... the difference is Diamond Dallas Page wasn't already all used up when he entered the business at his well, age. I will say this. Back injury or not, AJ Styles is in, forgive me, phenomenal shape. So you could see him wrestling another five, six, seven years. I don't know if he'd have a full-time career wrestling 300 days a year, but he could wrestle for a while. So I don't think he's going to have a an all-time great career, but I think he's going to make a name for himself in WWE. Here's a question for you. Do you think AJ Styles comes to WWE or NXT as AJ Styles? Do they let him keep the name in the same way Samoa Joe kept his name? Or do does he get a Finn Balor, Kenta, Hideo Itami treatment? That is a great question. Um, I don't know enough about those previous decisions to know why they allowed Samoa Joe to keep his name while changing the names of the others. I don't know what sort of copyright shenanigans are going on in the background there. What's what's going on with the intellectual property? I mean, if I had to if guess, if I had to guess, and this would only be a guess, Samoa Joe insisted on it and probably sacrificed maybe merchandising rights, maybe you know, took less money in order to guarantee he got to keep the name. Yeah. I could see AJ Styles as wanting to do that as well. I find it hard to believe that they would start him over with a fresh persona. Yeah. You know, I don't think we're going to see him as Adam Airborne or Scott Airborne or it seems Flash Fly Guy or whatever. Yeah, it does seem unlikely. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, so the other thing I guess I want to talk about in terms of these four being picked up is I wanted to write an article about this, but I never really had a time to sit down and write anything. Um, yeah, sorry. <laughs> This is this is big. Like I know people on Twitter are talking about how these are big gets, whatever. But I think they're missing the forest because they're focusing on the trees. They're talking about how these are big names, and oh god, they're wiping out New Japan's talent rosters and whatever. But you know what this says to me? What this this move by WWE says to me? Um, and it's something that us hardcore fans have been talking about for years. They're bringing back the Monday Night Wars, basically. It's not like it's primetime television versus primetime television, but like they've gone over, actively raided the other company's talent, and why? I'll tell you why. Because the WWE Network is an international business, which they basically made overnight. And now that they're live in all these foreign countries, including Japan, they went over to Japan, they opened up the network there, and we're not even two, three months later, and they're at New Japan taking all their top talent. Why? So that they get more subscribers on the network. Not months. Days. WWE Network debuted in Japan on Monday or Tuesday. It came out in Japan. I thought it was a while back. I'm pretty sure it just came out in Japan and it just came out in Germany. Like, that just strengthens my argument. No, I agree. Like, I think it's a strong argument. They opened this up and they said, whoa, we're just going to take all their top talent and all those people in Japan 
who were saying, ah, WWE Network, I don't need that. I've got my New Japan. I've got those guys. I like that product. Now WWE reached in, plucked out those guys that everyone in Japan knows, these big top stars, and boom, they've made them network exclusives. They just sold 100,000 more subscriptions to the network in Japan, if not more. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yep. This was a very smart, calculated, well-timed um, you know, business move by the WWE. Like, they could not have played this any better, apparently, if what you're telling me about the time is true. So, like I said, it's a stronger argument than even I was planning on making. Um, but that's exactly what they did. They bought an audience in Japan. Three days, That's very Three smart. days ago, WWE.com. WWE Network is now available in Japan. Boom. Tuesday, they release in Japan, and... Final Battle was Monday morning. Not Final Battle, excuse me. Wrestle Kingdom 10, the big New Japan pay-per-view, was at 4 a.m. Monday morning. And as soon as Wrestle Kingdom 10 ended, the rumors abounded or abound that... This is the the same thing as Scott Hall and Kevin Nash showing up on Nitro. Like, this is the equivalent. Like I said, it's maybe not quite as dramatic. It's not, you know the next Monday on television or whatever, they've announced it. They're going through the business channels of this thing. It wasn't a big surprise, but it's the equivalent. It's the modern-day connected world equivalent where you can't have any secrets anymore. You know what I mean? They snatched these guys, and they said, oh, yeah, they're coming onto our product. Mm. Now, see, up until listening to you, and you might have just persuaded me, I didn't see this as a hostile act towards New Japan. I almost saw this as... I won't call it a mutual business decision, but at least one in which here are these talents that you've been using for years. You know, maybe this was an olive branch. Maybe this was a sign that Japan and the United States, you know, I got this lovely dream in my head of the Wyatt family traveling to Japan and appearing on a couple of New Japan shows and doing some things with that. No, what happened was they launched in Japan and they said, oh, our first day network subscriptions are trailing 20% behind what we wanted them to be. And then they said, oh, well, let's do this deal. Let's get this done. Let's throw that money out there and bam, let's get 100,000 more subscribers in Japan. That's what they did. Um... I, I don't know. At least that's what it seems like to me. Very shrewd, very smart business uh, sense on the part of the WWE, which, I mean, really, that's what they've been good at their entire history as a company, is making those smart business deals. So, I You make a very compelling case. I will be interested to see... Uh, you know how this happens and where where we go from here, but that is a very compelling case, and I don't think it is an accident that WWE Network debuts in Japan and now immediately, arguably, the the biggest Japanese wrestler in the last ten years. You could make a case for Tanahashi, you could make a case for Okada, but Shinsuke Nakamura, arguably one of the best wrestlers. I mean, think about the people they've got in NXT now. Think about all the people from the last couple of years, and where did they all come from? They strengthened their portfolio in that Japanese market immeasurably. Absolutely. Also, not an accident that they did a live network special from Tokyo last year. Yeah. Which is hilarious to me now, because the people in Japan could not watch that show. 
because WWE Network did not exist in Japan back in September or whenever it was. Right, right. All right. So, uh, obviously, it's a big deal. We'll see where things go. Um, Do you think these four need to stop in NXT before making it to WWE, or do you think they can pull a beef stroganoff and jump the line? I think put them in NXT, and I think you leave them there. I think NXT... Permanently? I think NXT should be a flagship product equal to Raw. Raw is their television program, but NXT is their is their network. The people on the network, people subscribing to the network are wrestling fans. There's a different demographic versus the people who are just flipping it on on cable, or at least I think you can make the argument that there's a substantial proportional difference even if it's not, you know, in totality. Um so, don't you want to have that more old school, more wrestling focused sort of product on the network? And I don't see any reason why it has to play second, third fiddle. I don't see why it has to be the minor leagues. It could fill a different niche than uh, what NXT has in the recent past. Um, build it up, be its own brand. You talked about do they need to bring back a brand extension? No, but NXT is a brand extension. And there's no reason why they can't just run with that all the way to the bank. I love that idea, but the question becomes, what happens to the talents who actually need to develop? And this is a question that comes out of these four guys moving to whether it's NXT or WWE. What happens to Bull Dempsey? What happens to the drifter Elias Sampson? What happens to Dash and Dawson or other talents? How is WWE going to grow its own stars when they continue to pluck the best stars from Japan, from Ring of Honor, from Ring of Honor, according to Baron Corbin, which isn't actually Ring of Honor? How are how are they supposed to, you know, right now in WWE, if you look at their talents, Roman Reigns, for the most part, a WWE guy. Bray Wyatt, for the most part, a WWE guy. They have a handful of homegrown talents, but if you look at what's going to be coming up from NXT in the next 12 to 18 months, unless your name is Bailey, where are the homegrown talents coming from? Or, well, and, or am, I making, is... am I making too much of that? Does there... No, you're not making enough of it. Actually, because what happened is they spent a long time ignoring what was happening on the independent scenes, didn't they? They ignored TNA. They ignored Ring of Honor. They ignored Dragon's Gate. What they did was they built a performance center. They tried to make homegrown talents. And as you just said, they only got a handful of them. And most of them aren't people that they're comfortable even giving a strong main event push. I mean, that's just honestly it. There's only, what, four, five of them now that have actually amounted to much of anything? And so what they did is they took a step back and they looked at their investment and they said, okay, so we're bringing these people up from nothing in our performance center. We're homegrown talents. We're not seeing a great return on investment. Well, instead, what if we just went to New Japan and hired all their guys, the proven guys, the guys that are already established? And and as far as I'm concerned, how do you get homegrown talent? You don't. You get rid of those people. You send them off to New Japan. You send them off to Ring of Honor. And when they prove themselves there, you don't take the investment. You don't take that risk as WWE. You don't need to. You let them develop their skills somewhere else, and when they're ready, then you put them on payroll. Couldn't you do a a combination of that? Couldn't you take these guys? And I think 
whether it was Jason Maltoff or Liam Stryker, or it could have even been Bill Neville on NAI Pod brought this up months ago. Could you take these guys, these main event slash superstars guys, your social outcasts, your Fandango, your Bull Dempsey, these kind of guys, couldn't you create your own separate touring group to essentially go and be their own quote-unquote independent promotion to travel the country, or dare I say the world, and gain that kind of worldwide experience? Because you mentioned they haven't picked these guys, but Daniel Bryan, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, Seth Rollins, CM Punk, all of these guys did have independent, especially Ring of Honor, experience. They were the exceptions, not the rules. And a lot of those guys you mentioned are more recent. The only ones of your list that I would really take as evidence would be Daniel Bryan and CM Punk. And those guys struggled like heck to get themselves anywhere on that roster. Um, they fought and clawed through just grassroots effort. The, the audience made those people something. Management did not. There has been a, a shift in the tide in the management of WWE, which makes all this possible. And to your other point, absolutely. You could have an independent promotion that you tour across the country, because that's sort of what NXT is. Now, to the point that you didn't quite make that I think you were going for, though, is that can't you have a company that is a mixture of these independent guys plus your homegrown talents and actually try to develop some guys while still having an entertaining independent product that you're touring around? Well, yes, I guess you're right. You absolutely could. And honestly, that kind of exactly is what NXT is right now. I think we're talking three groups. Your WWE ready for prime time the NXT, more of the wrestling audience, because you're absolutely right. The, the hardcore fans are the ones who are seeking out NXT. So you take those guys and you that's how you begin to make WWE Network its own flagship show. But then you have the third tier, which is what I would call true developmental. Because if you look at Finn Balor, and you and I have criticized Finn Balor up and down, left and right, all over the place. But is he really developing? Can we really say he's developing? Can we really say that a guy, even like Apollo Crews, isn't really developing? He's got most of the tools there. You, I think you can make an argument that Hideo Itami and Asuka are developing in certain ways. Well, they obviously, there's a specific thing they need to work on. You know, a lot of guys are just learning the WWE way of wrestling with the commercials every two and a half seconds and the rest holds galore and all of that. But uh, a guy like Atami, uh, a lady like Asuka, they obviously have a, a, a language That's barrier right. to overcome. She is a lady. She's a lady. Whoa, whoa. Anyways. DC. Uh, all right, I I did not I did not only drink water this evening. <laughs> Let me hold up. Yes, this is my Mike's Hard Lemonade Glacier Berry flavor. Mmm, glacial is, berry. This is how your chief of staff neighborhood. This is how I roll with um, Mike's Hard Lemonade. Can I interest you in some bourbon? Uh, I would try it, but I'd probably spit it up, and it would dissolve a hole in the desk. <laughs> Which is how I felt the first time I tried tequila, I might add. Mm, a fruity liquor. So I don't even... Ah, I was singing. So they have a language barrier. and But I think you could have a developmental 
program, and maybe they're on TV and maybe they're not, but that's where you put Blake and Murphy to try to get some sort of character, you know, this is where we're looking at those big black holes of charisma. Or in your mind... Curtis Axel should be on that. Or in your mind, would you literally just fire them all and make WWE kind of the cream of the crop promotion where they can pick the best in the world? They've got the pockets. I understand the need to always want to be growing your own talent, though. Like, actually, it would probably be a mistake if you didn't try to do so. But... Uh, yeah, I don't know. I guess what they're doing, the mixture they're doing right now, is actually probably the best way to go. They get a product out of NXT that is desirable, that people will pay money to see, but you still have an opportunity to grow people that aren't established from elsewhere. So I think NXT, actually, the mixture that it is, yeah, it gives it maybe a bit of a split personality, but it's probably the smartest way to approach the problem. You're bringing in money from the promotion where some of the guys probably aren't really worth the advertisement that you're giving them yet. Mm -hmm. Well, the brand is what's selling. You know, Triple H is posting on Twitter left and right. They're touring more and more, and they are selling out more and more. I think you're right. I think if we fast forward to the summer of 2017, NXT is, whether it's officially called it or not, the second brand in WWE. You've got Raw and you have NXT. Have you... I think a little while ago you mentioned to me that they were going to change SmackDown to being like a little more of a mixture of Raw and NXT. Have you heard anything more about that? The rumor that I heard, and I believe it was uh, announced by their own new announcer. I have not finished SmackDown yet, but I watched probably the first hour or so this morning. Um, they have a brand new announcer, Mauro Ronaldo. Oh. There was a new... It switched channels. It's now on USA. Uh, I should have watched it. I would recommend finding it. If you can find it, I would recommend finding it because I got to tell you, the new announcer actually knows his stuff and calls the stuff. When a wrestler hits a move, he tells tells you its name. Uh, And he kind of... He can tell a story without ignoring... That'll last three months. And then he'll be right back to the Michael Cole dribble. Guaranteed. I'm going to hold out hope for Mr. Ronaldo. He did an excellent job from what I heard. Um, I do recommend checking it out because it was a fun show. I have made a resolution... um, to watch SmackDown this year. I'm going to try my best to watch SmackDown each and every week. I, I can't guarantee main event and superstars, but I don't know. I, it, it's possible I will be coming into some money this weekend. Um, I, I, Powerball is, you know, is my friend, and so if I come into some money this weekend, I will watch all the wrestling I want. So, If you win the Powerball and pay me a million dollars, I will podcast every day and quit all my other jobs. It has to be a million dollars. Well, I mean, it depends. What if I were? If to we're say, talking about the rest of my life. It's probably got to be like five million dollars. What if I were to? What if say, we're talking about for the next couple of years. What if I were to say I will pay you um, twice whatever it is you make now to do a daily podcast. Right. Well, I mean, I don't. You'd have to. I don't, don't want to show my cards. I don't want to show my cards on this. I think we would have to negotiate a little more seriously. Um, but I think you know, you're in the ballpark of something that I think I could uh, 
I could know, probably come I, I'm, to I'm, terms I'm, with. I'm making your life very comfortable, you know, and all you have to do is... Uh, well, see, the issue is, the issue that I have to think about there is even if you double my salary, um, I have to worry about when this dries up. Are you only going to hire me for a year? Are you going to hire me for five years or ten years? Because if I take myself out of my current position and I lose, you know, that that, 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 that currentness that I have, it's going to be much more difficult for me to get back into the job market where I would need to be ten years from now. I have so, I have three requirements, and if you follow these requirements, I will hire you for as long as you wish to be hired. Number one, we podcast Maybe almost every day. We don't have to do every day. Number two, you actually take the time to write. And number three, um, you stop talking about Ryback. That's all I ask of you is Ryback is... No deal. (laughs) Well, we'll see. I believe it was uh, this... Until Ryback's not part of the product. I'm talking about him. I I believe it was our very own Doc Manson who once told me that Powerball is the only game that you stand as much chance just finding the winning ticket on the street as you do if you actually pay money. It's pretty close to the facts, yep. But I've I've got a secret strategy. I'm feeling good about it, so... It's entirely possible that DDT Daily will be coming to you much sooner than I anticipated. I hope so. All right. For my sake. Well, if DDT Daily did happen daily, uh, we would have talked recently about one Mr. Juan Cena. Yeah, not like those jerks in, on the NAI pod who just jump right on and start throwing pods all over the place as soon as any sort of breaking news happens. It's okay. Hey guys, what about the weekend show? What are we supposed to talk about? Huh? Come on! Uh, just for that, I'm now going to triple your salary. Just for that. Yes! Just for that. I'm in. When I I'm win in. the Powerball, your salary is now tripled. So, you know I love you guys. Come we, on. We do. We're going to do that pre-Rumble show or what? Come on. I, we got to get together. Are, are we driving to Boston at 7 o'clock on a Sunday night? Is that where it is? They live outside of Boston. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have long said to them, if they want to figure out a way for us to Skype in, I would, I would join their show all the time, and I think you would as well. But I'm not sure that on a school night I'm going to be able to join. I would have to take the next day off. I mean, driving out to Boston's not the big deal. It's just we would never be able to get back and be functional the next day. We'd have to be yes. able to, to arrange some time off. Yeah. Now, I, I forgive me if I've mentioned this already, and we'll get back to John Cena. Um, but I, I can't remember if I've officially done it or not. I, I am taking the day after WrestleMania off. How are you? And I think you should as well. Why? Because the NAI pod people are going to Dallas to do their own they're going to WrestleMania, which means they usually do a show right after a pay-per-view to talk about what happened. And there's an opening here. And I think this is our big break. So I think you and I need to take the day off. And, and at one in the morning, we're going to be casting pods about WrestleMania. I will cast a WrestleMania pod at 12 or one in the morning on the, the day after WrestleMania. 
I don't believe you. I'm going to get some of those uh, five-minute energy drinks. I'm going to get some... Five-minute energy drinks. I don't know what they're called. <laughs> it's going to be a great pod. <laughs> you kids with your, your, your rave music and your fleeking, whatever you're fleeking doing, uh, is, isn't that a word, fleek? Something's on fleek? Help me out, neighborhood. I, I don't know. I'm an old, I'm an old, old man. So you have to help me out here. But I'll, I'll get some, some Red Bulls, and and I'll be just ready to go. So, anyway, stop nodding at me patronizingly. You know, you'll just wake me, you'll shake me, and wake me up, and hand me the results, and I'll podcast. That's that's what will happen. Fair enough. Fair All enough. right. John Cena uh, has suffered an injury. I don't know if he suffered it before SmackDown or after SmackDown or during SmackDown, um, but he had some pretty significant shoulder surgery. Reports are that he'll be out for six to nine months, very similar injury to Mr. Randy Orton, um, who was injured, I believe, taking out the trash. Let's not forget he was injured taking out the garbage. So, Man, I hate that guy. What a piece of work! So, Doc, you've made the you've made some interesting predictions, I believe, about John Cena's injury. Uh, how do you, how do you feel about it? John Cena is out for a unspecified amount of time. I believe that it is a work, and that he will be back at the Royal Rumble as the thirtieth entrant in the match. Okay, so why are they doing this then? Why the smokescreen injury report? Uh, swerve. Hello. I suppose. You want to have some surprises. That's it. They want to. They want to outsmart the get smarks. The, nothing will get the crowd ready like a John Cena return. Absolutely. It's it's going to be number thirty. The music's going to hit. It's going to be Daniel Bryan's music. He's going to start walking to the ring in the trunks, and then he's going to get a halfway down. Cena's music's going to hit. He's going to run out. Just kind of dink Daniel Bryan with his shoulder as he walk as he runs by. Daniel Bryan's going to clutch his neck and immediately retire. And then uh, John Cena's going to get up into that match and take the whole thing home. You can send your hate mail to at Doc Manson. Look, I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm just saying I wish that it would. Or at ddtwrestling at gmail.com. And please put in the subject line for Doc's eyes only. So Indeed. Uh, no, but in all fairness, he has a history of rehabbing quickly i i know it's a serious injury i know what what the what the estimated return is but i don't know man john cena's an animal he's a he's an animal and i don't know that necessarily that's a good thing i i think he maybe sometimes in the past when he's come back from injuries he came back too soon mm-hmm. um so i don't know i i could see that happening again I totally could. I know you were out there making some bold statements, something along the lines of, if I'm not mistaken, that John Cena may be done as a being a full-time wrestler. I remember seeing that tweet from you. I did tweet that. Uh, it, it's a combination of things, you know. Uh, John Cena, I think, who is also nearing 40, not that that is ancient by any means, but for a professional wrestler, that usually means you're on the latter half of your career. Um Unless you're Batista, in which case, you know, you're just starting. Or Diamond Dallas Page, or there's there's some exceptions to every rule. But John Cena's seen more WrestleManias, I assume, than he hasn't. Uh, although he could, you know, I did say at one point, I think I said to Shannon Scott that, you know, John Cena's last matches at WrestleMania 40. 
Who's Shannon Scott? Is she anything like Vita Scott? She is not like Vita Scott. This is one of our uh, Hall of Famers and New Age Insiders at Rebel Dentist NAI. The one, oh, the dentist. Yes, the one who is she actually a dentist? She is not actually a dentist, and I would have to. I don't even remember. Oh. Where, is she actually a rebel? She's fairly rebellious. Okay, well, some truth in advertising. So, um, she's the one that pointed out the the little line I put in the column sometimes to see if you're reading them that you like to wear leather chaps. I do like wearing leather chaps, but I've never shared that with you. There are things I know about you that assless leather chaps. Just give me a minute. Happy place. Happy place. Happy place. Ryback being hit by a bread truck. And I'm back. Okay. So, um, I do think that we might be seeing the end of John... You know, John Cena took time off to host a reality You're show. You're a crazy person. He's he's going to be back. I'm sure he's going to be back. You know, And he's going to be wrestling. And he's going to make that 16-time world championship. And he's going to have a year-long run. And he's going to be the 17-time world champion. The 18-time. And he's probably going to break 20. You're a crazy person. I did say he's that. He's nowhere near being done. Whenever we get to talk about the NAI 150, which at this point... Probably is just never going to happen. But at some point, I you was... should pick like a few things, and we should talk about it every show. Otherwise, we just we got or we got to do a special edition over the weekend. Or something. I, I would ah, do I a know. special edition NAI 150 show with you anytime you want. So right. my weekend is fairly wide open right now. Just just putting it out there on front street. That's not all. Yes, I'm making a bruiser baby comment again. Sorry, go on. <sighs> I was adorable, though. That's all that matters. You sure were. Thank Look you. at those little Cherubian cheeks. You still kind of have them. That little nose. That's what the facial hair is for. The facial hair covers up the fact that I look like I'm five. I look like Braun Strowman if this comes off. I look, you? I, <laughs> I'm not sure I've ever seen you without it. There was one time that you shaved and you hid inside of your dorm room, or maybe it was the apartment room, for like a week and a half straight. You wouldn't show your face until... Finally, you had a bit of growth back and you uh, came out. My junior... I'm not even kidding, folks. No. He avoided all of his friends for like two weeks while he regrew his facial hair. Uh, the last time I shaved this was junior year of college, so we're, we're talking a dozen years ago, and it was an accident. I had the beard and mustache trimmer, and I didn't put the, the piece on, and so I just went like this, and I had a Hulk Hogan Fu Manchu there for a while. So then I thought... <laughs> So then I thought, let me shave the the goatee part, and I'll just try to rock a mustache. You know, people rock mustaches, um, and and I did that. And then and then this is the best part. And then actually, I'm talking senior year, so only eleven years ago. And then I decided to um, go to a, a school because I was. <laughs> <laughs> I like where this is going. I like I, it was the first Why day. Why didn't you share this with me? It was before? the first day of a of a student teaching placement, and so I I went with a seventies uh, movie star. I won't talk about what kind of movies, but a seventies movie star mustache. And Burt Reynolds got it. That that didn't that didn't go over too well. I got a lot of weird looks um, and a couple of odd emails. So I I then odd went home emails. And shaved the whole. Tell me some. No, 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 you don't get to just drop that comment. Give me some dirt on these emails. I, I Nothing was, specific. I was, I was being sarcastic about the emails. I'm sorry. Uh, sorry. That's too bad. But yes, since then I did. I hid. We were at. We were at the apartment with um, the two people we didn't know as roommates. If you remember. Oh, that, that was a good place. I don't even remember what they used to. Yell. <laughs> that was it. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
Uh, and I did. I hid in my room until I had enough facial hair back to feel like I could show my face again. Oh, memories. It was a good time. Oh, memories. Memories, memories. What in the world were we talking about? John Cena. We were talking oh, about yes. John Cena. I, I do think John Cena might you know, be looking into other things. He's been in a big movie and he had rave reviews in Trainwreck. Uh, he's hosted the Today Show and also gotten fine reviews. You know, I think we could be seeing the time of the year where John Cena wrestles for six months a year, w- does win a title, because that's what it is. I do think he's hitting 20. You know, people are like, oh, he's going to hit 17 and that's going to be it. No, he's going to hit 20 world titles. He is going to be the 20-time world champion, but I think he can do that over the next seven or eight years, only wrestling sporadically. Yeah, I I mean, I guess I agree with that. So I I do think that we might be seeing him, you know, done with being a full-time wrestler. He'll still make a lot of wishes and do all of that kind of stuff, but I... I think he's still going to wrestle more months out of the year than not. Even if it's only seven months out of the year, that's not a full-time schedule. No, I didn't say it was, but I still think... I don't think he's going to be one of those guys who just disappears like The Rock did. Uh, I I find it hard to believe. I I think he's always going to be there in some capacity. You are probably right with that. Um, So, right now, if you had to make a production when John Cena wrestles again, uh, when would that be? I'm assuming it's in 2016. When? I would guess it would be, you know, right after this angle that you're talking about with the Bullet Club running roughshod... The shield comes back, and you know they reunite with Seth Rollins, and they take down the Bullet Club. Then, here's the part you didn't get to: the Empire strikes back. Bullet Club reforms under the leadership of their Grand Master Jeff Jarrett, and the only one who could possibly bring him down is a returning, hailing John Cena. See, I think it would have been more impressive if John Cena was the Grand Master of the Bullet Club. And we get that heel turn that everyone's hoping for and that nobody's ever going to see. Indeed. Um, I, I'll say Money in the Bank. I'll say, you know, Money in the Bank's usually in June. That gives him six months to heal. I say he's a surprise entrant in the Money in the Bank match and maybe he wins the briefcase and, you know, is catapulted back into that main event feud. We you know, we want him in so badly. So, um, but his absence leaves a, a bit of a void in some form or fashion. We'll have to debate that. Uh, in mm. WWE, heading into the Royal Rumble, heading into WrestleMania, because uh, I think most people were going to assume he was going to have some big part of WrestleMania season, and now that is not going to happen. So, what do you think? Where do you think we go from here? Or is it a big deal that he's gone, or is it not going to make that much of a difference? I'm not sure it makes that much of a difference. I know we've talked before several times about John Cena possibly being involved in the main event of WrestleMania, but I don't think it's necessary. I don't think it's needed. He could have just as easily continued his feud with Del Rio all the way up until WrestleMania. Oh, I, I mean, easily could have. You know what I mean? So a sort of Rusev equivalent for this year, I guess. Um, so ultimately, I don't think it changes things that much. Roman Reigns is clearly the star of the show. John Cena just, I think, would have been an aside in that anyways. So really, I, I don't I don't see his absence as being that big of a deal. 
Okay. DC. Nope. Oh, I'm I'm processing what you're saying. Uh, I do think it's a big of a de- uh, big of a deal. I do think it's a big deal. Um, I'm not sure whether or not it, we would have seen Roman Reigns versus John Cena in the main event. Although I don't if, think it would have been just the two. Of if them. I had to guess, I would have said it was either going to be Cena versus Reigns or Cena versus Lesnar versus Reigns. That was where my money was. You know, I I think he was going to be a part of it. Um, But the fact that it might not have just been him, I don't, there are enough guys still in that top echelon um, that it does, you know, I think they can absorb this blow without it being a huge deal. You could just have Lesnar versus Reigns. I don't think there's any effect there. And even then, though, I'm not not convinced that Lesnar is going to be in the main event this year, although he probably should be. Um, it's one of it those have to be. It's one of I mean, those things same, where where else would he go? You know, I wrote a column right. yesterday, and my pie in the sky idea was that Brock Lesnar wrestles Bray Wyatt at WrestleMania, and in beating Brock Lesnar, Bray Wyatt erases the entirety of his criminal misuse because if he's the one guy to pin Brock Lesnar, now he's you know he can rewrite his own history, so to speak. But honestly, I don't. Yeah. Realist- they have to tell a heck of a story. To get us there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Realistically, Brock Lesnar's presence, unless he's fighting The Undertaker again, Brock Lesnar's presence only makes sense if he's wrestling Roman Reigns. So I think we get Brock versus Roman 2. This time, Seth Rollins doesn't who play else, a factor. Who else is there to face Roman Reigns at WrestleMania? The only other person I can possibly think of is Jeff Jarrett. Well, that too. Triple H? I mean, outside of that. What else could you do with Roman Reigns at WrestleMania? And mind you, we're talking right now like Roman Reigns is going to be champion going in to WrestleMania. Because the other thing, the big news we haven't really talked about from this week is the alterations to the Royal Rumble match. Uh, so how, what did they do to DC? What did they do to the match? I forget. Vince McMahon, at the end of Roman Reigns versus Sheamus, because uh, Roman Reigns did defend his title against Sheamus, despite the fact that Vince McMahon wore his sleeveless referee uniform uh, to the ring. Uh, we did see, I think I tweeted this at you, we did see an appearance or two of his snaggly teeth. Mm-hmm. We did see them. Loved it. Um and so because he Vince McMahon was thwarted yet again, uh, he did announce that Roman Reigns now has to defend his title at the Royal Rumble. So the the World Championship is on the line. Whomever wins the Royal Rumble is the World Champion. Uh, that has happened maybe once or twice in the history of... Did they specify that Roman Reigns is going to be starting that match? They did not, though I can't see another way about it. It wouldn't make any sense to me to say that Roman Reigns has to defend the title and is coming in at number 18. You know. I could I could see that. I mean, honestly, if the winner of the Rumble gets the title, I don't see any reason why he has to be the number 1 entrant. Why would Vince McMahon put him in any other position? I agree, but storyline-wise, if they really do what I think they're going to do, um, they're going to have Roman Reigns beat every other guy on the roster. It, his tagline is one versus all. This is the ultimate way of showing that is Roman Reigns enters at one. It is the worst possible story you could tell. You're, you, I mean, I know it's just the Rumble match, but you, you diffuse every single feud he could ever possibly have again. You have him just run roughshod through the entire roster. 
Are you kidding me? That's yeah, just bad storytelling. Well, and and the fact that it is telegraphed that way makes me think, and again, this is my conspiracy theorist, makes me think that maybe they can go in another direction. You know, if Brock Lesnar comes out at 19, the two of them are the only ones in the ring, and Brock Lesnar literally belly-to-belly suplexes Roman Reigns over the top rope to the floor, now you can tell us a different story. And somebody made a good point online, forgive me, I forget who you were, somebody made a good point online that having Roman Reigns conquer the Royal Rumble only tells one story, whereas if someone eliminates him and then goes on to win the Royal Rumble, now you're telling two stories. Roman Reigns is one, and whomever wins the title is two. They're giving way too much credit to WWE creative. I think that's also true, but at the same time, I'm not sure what's going to happen here. It is an interesting wrinkle. I don't love it because as a traditionalist, that's not how you treat... I want to be wrong so badly about this. If Roman Reigns goes in number one and comes out the other side of that Royal Rumble match as the champion, I, you I, you can't stop watching wrestling because I'm paying you to watch wrestling. You can't stop. But it's so bad. That's all. Like I I don't know how else to describe it. It's just it's. It's just so telegraphed, and I, I, I think WWE I would serve to learn a lesson from history, and we only need to go back twelve months. Royal Rumble twenty fifteen. As soon as Daniel Bryan was eliminated, you knew what was going to happen. You knew that Roman Reigns was going to win, which is why Rusev, who had up to that point been a heel through and through, suddenly became the most popular guy in WWE because when it was down to just those two, people were salivating at the idea that anyone but Roman would win that battle royal. And if you're going to put him in a situation like that, it really does need to be anyone but Roman. Like, you know, if he yeah. comes in at one, he needs to last halfway, two-thirds, maybe even towards the end, but eventually he does need to lose that title. And then you can open it up, because if Roman Reigns is dumped out at number 12, that rest of the Royal Rumble is super exciting, because now you could make a case for all sorts of people to win it. Kalisto could win the Royal Rumble. I think they would not see it as exciting. They would see it as oh, we dump him out at 12, then that means there's no there, there's no tension in the storyline that we're trying to tell for the rest of this match. It's a waste. They would they At that point, the rest of the match would be an afterthought. You know what I mean? Michael Cole wouldn't talk about one more thing that actually happens in the Rumble match. So if you... If we see in a couple of weeks, if we see... Roman Reigns make it to the end and get eliminated last. He enters first and is thrown out at the end. Is that a satisfactory story for you? At least there's a swerve in it, but, I mean, not really. If Brock Lesnar comes out at number 30 and just runs over Roman Reigns and wins... Yes, I'm fine with that. You know, what if Triple H comes out at number 30 
throws out Roman Reigns and wins. I'm less excited about it because the Royal I don't Rumb- need to see Triple H wrestle ever again. The Royal Rumble is no disqualification. He could take his sledgehammer, voted by the NAI 150 as the most iconic wrestling object of all time. I just wanted waiting for your reaction to that. Over, uh, it was the sledgehammer, Undertaker's urn at two, and Sting's bat at three. As the most iconic objects of all time. Do, do these objects have to be inanimate? What else would you recommend? Uh, Damien. He got some votes, but I think I think people uh, I think people read it as inanimate objects. I also think a whole okay. lot of people have no idea who Damien is. You're probably right. Um, yeah, I don't know. I probably might have given it to the urn if I had to actually go with other objects. I would have given if you, it now to if you've gone with if you if you've gone with you know most iconic weapon, you know, uh, I could see the sledgehammer being up there with just because of the amount of play time it's had over the years. But I would just as easily go with the kendo stick thinking about, you know, Sandman. Uh, Sandman he got some Dreamer, votes too. Yeah. I would have gone with the Mounties cattle prod. That was good. Ooh, that's a good one. That's a good one. All right. So I, I'm not in love with this idea of the title being on the line at the Royal Rumble. If I like that idea just fine. I just I don't like the story that I think they're going to tell me. And maybe that's just me being overly negative. Maybe I have to keep an open mind. Maybe they could go good places. And maybe it will. Maybe it will, DC. But I just I'm time and time again, they don't do much. It's almost like if either they're gonna do exactly the thing they're telegraphing, or they're gonna seem like they're doing the exact thing that they're telegraphing. And then swerve you at the last minute. It seems like that's the only two things they ever do. There's never any nuance. And what am I talking about? Why am I on a podcast? Oh, God, I just had a sudden awakening moment. I'm wasting my life. I'm out of here. I'm done. Forget it. I can't talk about this anymore. All right. Well, it's back to the Neighborhood Podcast. Um, I'm Grizzly Matthews. And I'm DC Matthews. <laughs> Welcome to the Neighborhood Podcast. When has my voice ever been that high? Uh, I have a rousing baritone. Baritone. Exactly. Thank you. Rousing. <laughs> when the foam and bears is still ta-da-da, ta-da-da. We uncomfortable feel ta-da-da. What are you and singing? we find the wisest thing, ta-da-da, is to slap our chests and sing, ta-da-da. <laughs> the Pirates of Penzance, man. Okay. Can you sing uh, Agony for me, please? No, thank you. From Into the Woods? I mean, I could, but I don't think anybody wants to hear it. <laughs> Can you rap it for me, please? Uh, we've got a friend who might be able to do <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, we do have a friend that could do that. Anyways. Um, I Oh, yes. So... I do think that you're right. WWE seems to either tell you the story that you know they're going to tell you or they tell you the story that you think they're going to tell you right up until the last minute, which, to be fair, Survivor Series of 2015, was it Survivor Series? TLC? Which was the one where... No, it was Survivor Series. Roman Reigns won the title, got screwed out of the title, but then he snapped, which we were not expecting. We did not expect Roman Reigns to snap like that. But I think... You know, again, WWE... They righted the ship, and then they immediately capsized again. That was my problem, though. 
I think they're still the the ship is still righted. It's drifting in in windy seas, in wavy yeah. seas. But I don't. Yeah, I don't disagree. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not that down on it. To no, be honest, I'm not. No. But. And again, I think they have a lot of freedom. The one thing I will say is ending Royal Rumble with a definitive champion and no number one contender makes Fastlane more important because Fastlane was a complete waste of a pay per view, as evidenced by the fact that it caused you to stop watching. So. I think if they can come up with something creative to do with Fastlane about determining a number one contender, now we have some interesting things. But I do think WWE can't spend another Royal Rumble forcing Roman Reigns down our throat. That's even as much progress as he has made in the last 12 months, which is considerate. Considerate amount of progress. I don't think people want to see him overcome all of those odds. You know, even if it's... You know, uh, tell me a story where Dean Ambrose throws him out. You know, not doesn't turn on him, doesn't turn heel, but does a, hey, this is for the World Wrestling Entertainment title. You know, I want that title, so I'm going to take you out. And now we have a friendly rivalry. You know, there's lots of things that you can do. Have Daniel Bryan return at number 25, and maybe he doesn't win, but he throws Roman Reigns out, and now that story can have a more satisfying ending. I don't know. But I am am holding out hope that they do something exciting with it. I'm hoping it is not Roman Reigns surviving, Wade Barrett comes out at 26, Del Rio comes out at 27, Rusev at 28, Sheamus at 29, and Triple H at 30. And oh, I can't wait for that to be the case. Because you know that's probably... At some point, we're going to see a murderer's row of League of Nations members to try to take out Roman Reigns. And maybe it happens in the beginning. Maybe he's one and Barrett through Sheamus or two through five, which would actually be better. But And we're just going to watch him cock his fist five times in a row. Oh, my God. So. Yeah, my God. But I'm, 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 I'm hoping out... They do out- exciting things. I'm super excited. I mean, when they do things we don't expect... You- you know, I mean, after the, the thing with Roman Reigns not that long ago, I'm, I, I, it's just what I want. I want them to surprise me. I want them to surprise me. Were you surprised by Chris Jericho? Who? Chris Jericho. Hmm, not ringing any bells. Um, the guy with the, the flashy lights jacket and the pompadour hair and the vest that didn't fit Sari Reese. Oh, do you mean the Ayatollah of Rock and Rolla? The Ayatollah of Rock and Rolla. Oh, him. Yeah, he's terrible. He can go away and never come back again. Do you mean that? Um, I don't actually think he's terrible. We talked about this last week on the DDT Awards. It, his, he needs to come back in the right circumstances to be good. Yeah. The I mystery mean, the partner show. to combat the size of Braun Strowman, bad idea. Uh, if you want to bring Chris Jericho back and give me a series of matches between him and AJ Styles... I'll watch that. Ooh, that would be good. That's a good I'll watch that. The one thing I will say, I don't want to go all the way back, but AJ Styles and Nakamura and these guys coming in does make, you know, the list of dream matches can get them through, you know, 18 to 24 months of just Rollins versus Styles and Rollins versus Nakamura. And, And, you know, WWE's insistence on avoiding all such combinations of dream matches can easily get them through the next 20 years or so, so. Every time I think you're going to continue with this trend, you have these moments of optimism, and then you smash them down on the rocks. Well, look, I tell you, man, that's life. <laughs> and to think I'm going to pay you, you know, three times whatever it is you make 
to Hey man, I am the yang to your yin. You need me. That that's true. You are the spicy meatball, but to my savory tagliatelle. <laughs> you're you're... <laughs> Okay, now I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> Cuz I'm talking about my tagliatelle. Indeed. Uh, so, what do you say we get to some emails? Or did you have something else you wanted to? Well, okay. Well, let let us transition here because um, Chris Hawk uh, at c underscore hawk nineteen ninety four. I think I have your Twitter name memorized now. Chris um, asks us to where do we think The Rock fits in at WrestleMania? And with Cena's that absence, is not what he said. With Cena's absence and the 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 wrinkle of the title match, that does. Uh, become a good question. Uh, do, how do you see The Rock fitting into WrestleMania? He's announced that he's going to be a part. Is he wrestling? Is he a host? Is he just Hi. there? Uh, I'm going to read the actual email. Chris Hawk asks, how would you book The Rock at WrestleMania? Oh. And I would book The Wait, wait a minute. Hold on. Uh, WrestleMania is in Dallas, you said? Texas? Dallas, Texas. I would then, I would book The Rock in an hotel in Shanghai. That's how I would book The Rock at WrestleMania. You almost got a spit take there. I would have loved to see that. I took a moment to sip my water and almost spit it Honestly, all over. Honestly, I, I would. I wouldn't have The Rock at WrestleMania ever again. Why? It's all diminishing returns. He's never going to wrestle a, a serious match again, I don't think. Last time he tore his abdominal muscles, he was out of, re- he was out of uh, movie shooting for a long period of time. There was talk that he was never going to wrestle again, and I don't think anything about that has changed. If anything, the fact that he's been doing... The fact that he's been more successful in his movie career recently means that if he's going to wrestle, he's practically uninsurable by companies that insure movie stars. Guess what, folks? He's not going to put his bread making at risk to wrestle a match at WrestleMania. I don't believe it. The end. I don't. You can sit here all day long and dream up all sorts of wonderful things. He's gonna come in. He's gonna say some funny stuff. Maybe he'll grab a guitar, say some funny lines, and then uh, he's gonna raise Roman Reigns' hand at the end of WrestleMania. That I mean, that's that's what I see his usage, and I don't find that very entertaining. What if it's The Rock and the Social Outcasts? Does that make it better? If it's The Rock and Bo Dallas and Heath Slater and Adam Rose, forget Curtis Axel because he's meaningless. The only thing that I would ever want to see really from The Rock again would be a return of the Hurricane and Rosie. Okay? I mean, that's pretty much all I want to see from The Rock moving forward. Um, Watch out! Isn't Rosie... There's a hurricane coming through. Maybe I'm wrong. Rosie is not deceased. Is that what you were going to say? Well, I know Amaga's deceased. I thought Rosie was deceased too, but actually, you know that Rosie is Roman Reigns' brother, right? I did not know that. No, he is alive. I believe Rosie is Roman Reigns' brother. Let me see. In which case. He is. Real life brother. If I'm Rosie, I'm finding all the geneticists I know and I'm slapping them in the face. Because you look like that. And your brother oh looks like God. that. He is his brother. I'm telling you. I did also think he was dead, so don't trust me on everything, because he's not. Yeah, well, no. He's but not dead. I would, hey, if they were going to do that, or Goldust, if you wanted to have The Rock come out with The Hurricane and Goldust and Jonathan Coachman, sign me up. You know who else I'm getting tired of seeing? Goldust? 
please don't say Goldust. No, dust. I'm fine with Goldust. Good. He's great. Thank you. Uh, and this pains me, pains me to say, but I'm tired of the once or twice a year they trot out Mick Foley. Why? Because he's incapable of physically doing anything anymore, and it's a wrestling show. And that makes me sad because I love McFoley. He's an intelligent guy. He's got great ideas. He's a hell of a talker. He can get people over. I, I mean, if you really want, if you wanted to bring him out and use him as a Paul Heyman type guy, getting other people over, fine. But unfortunately, when they do bring him out, I start to feel more like I feel about Ric Flair than anything else. I feel like he's there getting himself over more than anything else. Well, he's getting, himself, think... he's getting himself and his family over. That's yeah. my problem with Mick Foley is that now when he's out, you know, he showed up as Santa Claus. And the only thing that was interesting was that his daughter was dressed as an elf, you know. And I've heard rumors, you know, his son has been hired by creative, I think, to get coffee for the writers. But he's been hired by creative. And Mick Foley wrote, and forgive me if I've said this on this podcast before, Mick Foley wrote a whole thing about how we can't claim nepotism here. His, you know, his son earned this on his own merits. And that's great, except your son's name is Foley. If that was Dewey Smith or Dewey Jones or Dewey Day, whatever his name would be, he would not have gotten a job with creative. But his name is Dewey Foley, and someone once held a sign up that said Kane Dewey, and it caused a promo. That's why your son has a job. Maybe you didn't actively push for it, but you... I won't go that far, but if they're going to trot McFoley out again, he is... I think he has one of those minds. He's got one of those Paul Heyman-type minds. Oh, absolutely. And I think if they were going to bring him out there and let him be a manager and actually focus on getting others over, I would be very interested in seeing him on a regular basis. Two things. That's not how they've been using him. Two things. Number one, Mick Foley is famous for cheap pops. He's going to do that, and it's going to wind up getting himself over. And number two, and forgive me, Mick Foley, if you ever hear this, I do adore you. I do too. You can't. I mean, come on, just look you, at my taken stage name. You can't trot Mick Foley anywhere. If Mick Foley, Ooh, burn. I'm sorry, sick burn. But if Mick Foley is a manager, he needs to borrow Zeb Coulter's scooter because he's not going to be able to get to the ring in time to be a manager. If you wanted to have him be. You know, the the raw general manager from his office in, you know, wherever, and he does backstage vignettes or something, that would be great. I do think there could be a place for Mick Foley on this show. You know, heck, if William Regal seriously has neck surgery and needs, you know, time to recover, Mick Foley becomes the general manager of NXT. Yeah, I'd love to watch it. You know, Mick Foley and Bull Dempsey, Mick Foley and Sami Zayn, Mick Foley, you know, that would be a nice place for him to go. But, um, you know, I, I enjoy Mick Foley. He doesn't show up enough for me to dislike it when I see him. But I do think there's... there's I just have trouble remembering the last thing he did that had any merit he, to it. The, I would say when Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins were going to battle at Hell in a Cell and Mick Foley came out to talk about the dangers of that. And, I, and yeah, yes, and you know what? That's what I'm talking about when I say you want to use them 
Paul Heyman like going out there, you know, talking to what he knows and actually using his mind to speak creatively yes. about like I mean yeah that's a great use of him. Yes. You're right. That probably that probably is the last time he was used with any merit. Yeah. And I'm not sure how many times he's shown up since then, except for, you know, random, you know, they, they kind of bring him out as like a, Hey, this will get people talking on Twitter for a few minutes. Unlike Ric Flair, who continually is brought out. Apparently he cheated to help Charlotte retain her (laughs) title. (laughs) Uh, So on Monday night, uh, there was a match between Becky Lynch and Charlotte, which was excellent until Ric Flair did something. And then I stopped watching. The first few minutes of it were Charlotte great. Charlotte was wearing wrestling. this uh, this little pink number, and I don't know if you've noticed this, but across her chest there is a word that is written, and that word is "woo." Uh, Mrs. Manson, however, said, "Why does her boob say wood?" There are a great many things that make me uncomfortable about that story you just told. So much so that I'm going to change the subject. Um, DC, why do her boobs say wood? I'm going to win the Powerball soon. I'm going to win the Powerball <laughs> Are you soon. sure you still want to hire me? I do, but now I'm adding prerequisites to what you have to do, because now you can't make things awkward. So <laughs> You already said that's everybody's favorite part of the show. Not mine. Not mine. Did you know, however, I will say this. Did you know that there is an online version of Cards Against Humanity that you can play via the computer? I did not. I found that. something new every day. I found that out. I found that out. All right. um, We are approaching that that magical 90-minute mark, which usually suggests it's time for us to say our goodbyes. But I'm trying to think, is there anything we didn't cover? We talked about Roman Reigns and the title being on the line at the Rumble. We talked about John Cena's injury. We talked about um, the potential new hires, the Japanese invasion, if you will. We even talk- I don't think you talked about how D'Lo Brown might be involved in that. That's the only thing I think we really missed. Uh I wasn't going to bring it up, Chip. Blame Doc Manson. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you can't leave gold like that in the inbox and not expect me to mention it. Uh, uh, Chip at Adam K NAI is not a fan of D'Lo Brown, the living bobblehead, and goes out of his way to mention that on a regular basis. So we in the neighborhood take great pleasure in mentioning him every chance we get because it's entertaining to watch Chip in pain. He also did not like the Brawl for All. Um, do you remember the Brawl for All, or did you not watch any of that? Hmm. Remind me of what that is. The Brawl for All was a... Um, when UFC was becoming popular, WWF at the time, this is in the Attitude Era, decided to bring back... Or to not to bring back... Do a legitimate fighting competition between some of their talents. Hardcore Holly was in there, at the time known as Bob Holly... Bradshaw was in there. They brought in Dr. I vaguely recall this. And so, yeah. and what I don't I think did, I watched it, but I think I heard of it. Here is a recommendation. People told me they want um, homework assignments from their teacher, DC Matthews. Uh, go pick up Hardcore Holly's book, The Hardcore Truth. Up until the last 15, 20 pages or so, possibly one of the better wrestling biographies I've ever read. On What's wrong with the last 15 to 20 pages? Uh, that's when he gets bitter and talks about how he left WWE and starts blaming everybody else, and it kind of, the, the wheels fall off of there a little bit. But up until that point, uh, really good. Not Mick Foley have a nice day good, 
but on a level right below that. So it is it is worthwhile okay. to pick up. And he talks about how um, the Brawl for All was supposed to be a legitimate thing, but they also wanted to use it as a way to get this new wrestler, a guy from Japan, oddly enough, um, Dr. Death Steve Williams, who had been a big star in Japan. They wanted to use it as a platform to get Dr. Death Steve Williams over, except the problem was Dr. Death Steve Williams got knocked out fairly early. And kind of ruined it so they had to have you know it's it's the problem when you try to you know plan the outcome of a legitimate fight is it never quite works out that way so it's a it's a good book it's a good story adam doesn't like the brawl for all with good reason the fights were pretty terrible uh but again we 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 pick on those we love in the neighborhood and uh chips always would yeah my my point exactly (laughs) <laughs> Anything else you want to talk about? Um, NXT tapings were last night. I avoided all of the spoilers, so I'm excited to see what's going to happen. I turned on my television last night. I, obviously, this was Thursday, but I turned on my television last night. I, I went to the WWE Network, and I said, all right, time to sit down and watch a brand-new episode of NXT. And it was Last week show. was that review show, so it's got to be a new one this week. And I was sorely disappointed. There will be a new show next week, which is exciting. Um, But anything else you want to talk about before we get on out of here? Anything we missed? Uh, I want to talk about the NAI 150. Do you want to delve into that a little bit? I'll delve into that a little bit with you. If if you want to, just a little bit. All right. So the NAI 150, 150 questions about the world of professional wrestling. And, of course, my computer is going to freeze now. Oh, no, there we go. Um, So... Let's see. What do you want to know about? So we we have nerd questions. We have questions on wrestling's future. We've got the all time list. We've got moves and finishers. Question. Let me go to the nerd questions here. So, for example, some of the questions had to do with books. What is the best wrestling autobiography that you have ever read? And I assume your answer would be the same as mine. But I'll ask you: What's the best book wrestling book you've ever read? Countdown to Takeover. Seriously? Seriously. You like that? Nick Foley's, like, fifth book. You like that better than Have a Nice Day? It's way better. Why? Almost as good as Hardcore Diaries. Why? Why are these books better than the first one? They're not. You're being sarcastic? Indeed. The first one's fantastic. Have a Nice Day is the answer to that question. Yes. Is the answer to that question. And you're not wrong because, let me see here, 27% of the neighborhood mentioned that among their favorites. 27%? 27%. Only 27%? Only 27%. Uh, neighborhood, I'm starting to doubt you guys here. I thought you guys were serious. Now, to be fair, another 8% mentioned all of Mick Foley's books together. So if you add that in, now we're in the the high 30s in terms of percentages. Um, Okay. You know. Okay. It's still only a third. I would expected it to be more like half. What what, what else rates? What else rates? Well, Have a Nice Day was uh, the clear winner. The next highest was A Lion's Tale, Chris Jericho's first book, which got 10%. Have you read that? I have, but it was a long time ago. I own his next two, but for some reason, I used to own Alliance Tale, and for the life of me, I have no idea where it is. I'm looking at my wrestling collection. If you're ever looking for your copy of Hardcore Diaries. You own it. Yes, you have it. Thank you. Well, I used to anyway. (laughs) And, 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 And amazingly enough, I don't miss it. Um, after Alliance Tale comes actually all of Chris Jericho. You know, Chris Jericho stole a lot of the the votes from Mick Foley. And Chris Jericho's books are 
are okay. They're pretty good. The Lion's Tail was good. I liked that one. I don't think there are any Have a Nice Day. Well, Have a Nice Day was like the first real good wrestling book. So, um, there was questions. And the only one, now, really. You're a, a PC gamer. You're not a console gamer. But I have to ask, how many wrestling video games have you played? Mm, a handful. What's your? I mean, unless you count going all the way back to childhood, in which case, a ton. What's your favorite wrestling video game of all time, ever in the world? Ga- uh, probably Gang Beasts. Is that a wrestling game? Sort of. Look it up. I'm... It's a game from not that long ago. Uh, Gang Beasts. It's this game where there's like usually sometimes one of the levels is a little wrestling ring, but all the other levels are are different. Like you're one of them's like in a meat factory, one of them's like in this furnace type area, one of them's like by like a Ferris wheel, and it's this little game where you play these little color animals and they walk around each other and you can grab each other and perform wrestling moves and usually the whole point is to throw people out of the arena or into these other sort of death contraptions and it's not officially a wrestling game but it's probably the most fun wrestling game ever made are these the the colored and i mean that in like blue yellow green way with like no facial expressions yes okay Interesting. Look it up sometime. I'm, I'm it's actually at a lot right of fun. Now. It's an interesting premise. Yeah, it's it's really it's really cool. It's got a unique sort of control scheme um, where, like, you know, grabbing onto things, you have to kind of hold down buttons. It's it's neat. It's different. It's kind of cool. So I would actually think that really gets across a lot of the absurdity and fun of a wrestling match way better than any of these simulation games. These W the the two K sixteens or what, whatever, any of those more recent ones made by Ukes. I, I, those games, I've played a bunch of those too. They're okay. It's impressive how much stuff is in there, I guess. But I never found those particularly fun to play. Okay. I had more fun creating wrestlers and move sets and other things and actually playing the matches. You know. What's the worst wrestling video game you've ever played? Hmm. It's probably one of those 2K games, to be honest. They got a lot of votes. 2K14, 2K15, you know. As the best or the worst? Um, Well, both, but they did get some votes for worst. Did you know that TNA made a video game? I did. That that is generally considered to be... Well, and I say generally. It got 8% of the vote. That is the worst video game in... According to the neighborhood. And again, 8% of the vote, not... But there were a lot of bad video games, and I've played many of them, so... Yeah, I mean, that game... Wait a minute, I think you rented that game. I seem to remember... I might have. You on your PS2 in the dorm actually playing that game. I, you might be right. It's entirely possible that I picked it up. I don't remember anything about it, but it wouldn't surprise me if that was something that I did. That sounds like me. Uh, let's move on, although I know you're looking it up, but... Um, nah, that's all right, go ahead. The best gimmick match, not the actual match, but what is your favorite gimmick stipulation of all time? Hmm. These are the probing questions you get with the NAI 150. They're not something you can answer right away. You've got to stop and think. That's why I love this survey. Honestly, I probably would go with something flashy like the Buried Alive match, just because it's, you know, it's fun. It's different. It's goofy. You would join 4% of the neighborhood who agrees with you. 
four percent. Well, and again, a lot of different. This is the problem. If I had to pick something else, like I might pick like, but this is not any. This is not likely to be any more popular. And it's not actually a good gimmick match. It's a terrible gimmick match. But it's one of the best gimmick matches of all time. The double blindfold match, like between, uh, you know, Jake the Snake and uh, what was it, the model? Yeah, WrestleMania Seven. I love like, that. That match. is a fantastic. I love that match, match. so much. I think th- I th- I tend to think that most people probably think that's one of the worst matches of all time. Four percent do. Yeah, but I think that match is fantastic. It- it's some of the best psychology and like crowd interaction. That is a like, that is a master's class in how to control a crowd. I think so. I, I, I would think agree. so. Uh, now let me ask you this before I go back into the 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 survey itself. Let me ask you about what was the, wait sure. What was the most popular gimmick match? Hell in a Cell. <laughs> Hell in a Cell, ladder match, Royal Rumble. Those are the top three. <laughs> what about casket matches? Where are they? Oh, uh, let's see here. Let's see here. There were no casket matches mentioned in the best gimmick match. What about... Wait. Worst... Casket matches in the worst? Uh, one person voted for a casket match. So, so again, this is what match. I'm asking you. This is the prob- This might be the problem with the survey. And f- for someone who has a PhD and has a scientific mind and probably st- took more statistics class than I did, uh, let me ask you about this. So the survey was designed for you to – you were supposed to name your top three. So when I said best gimmick match of all time, you were supposed to pick three. Then what I did – is I just if you whatever one was listed got a point so to speak or I wrote it down once and then I kind of made a tally chart of all of them so of the people who you know who took part which wasn't a huge amount I'm you know I'm not saying hundreds did but most pe- more people listed hell in a cell than any other one but that was only 12% of the people so is there a flaw in the way I assessed this, do I need to go back and do this again? I think you'd have to explain to me more thoroughly how you assessed it before I can make that decision. But that's not good radio, so let's just let's just assume that this is no. This, this would be, because this would be great radio because I've literally spent probably twenty four to forty eight hours working on this. And what would be great would be for you to tell me that I did it completely wrong. And so it, it, it is great radio. No, uh, uh, to listen as to my friend. As my friend, I'm going to tell you you did this completely right. Thank so you. Let's, Thank let's keep moving. All right. <laughs> uh, Inferno match does that show up anywhere? Uh, yes, it does. It got a vote for best match, and it got a vote for worst match. What about uh, what are those matches called? Like uh, like they're I think they're like sometimes like a Texas rope mattress like the ones where you're tied together yep they go by different names and you have to touch all four corners well, and of the again that's something. you know part of the problem with leaving it open-ended is people could list all sorts of things so a dog collar match got okay. a vote a strap match got a vote they're essentially similar things um but they got votes what about a blank on a pole match that was the clear winner for the worst gimmick match okay. and literally most people wrote anything on a pole Yep. Got, you know, got that. Yep. Um, Now you have to tell me your favorite gimmick match of all time. The actual match. Not the stipulation, 
but the favorite match. So, you know, do you have, think of your favorite matches. I'm guessing some of them involved some sort of stipulation. Um, you know, this goes two different ways. Um, the best gimmick match of all time is probably the one we already mentioned, Jake, the snake and the model. Yeah. Um, if I want to go with my favorite, it might be Mick Foley, Undertaker, Hell in a Cell. That would be the second most popular choice. Where did the model and Jake's fall on that again? I forget. Four percent, um, you said. Am I counting your vote? You don't have to. Because if I am, it got exactly one vote. <laughs> I'm sorry. No one listed it because uh, there were two different questions. There was the gimmick, there was the stipulation, and then there was the match. No one listed it. Um, uh, what, what's your favorite match? Uh, gimmick. The match. Boiler Room Brawl. Undertaker really? Mankind Boiler Room Brawl. Because and 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 that's partly because um, Paul Bear turns on the Undertaker at the end. So hmm. the right. the 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 top one was uh, TLC at WrestleMania, Dudley's versus Hardy's versus Edge and Christian. Good match. Can't can't fault him for that choice. Okay, um, yeah, that's a good match. The Taker Foley Hell in a Cell came in second. The Boiler Room Brawl came in third. And Undertaker versus Triple H in Hell in a Cell came in fourth. So Where's the kennel match? The kennel from hell? Yeah. That is the second uh, winner of the worst gimmick match of all time. What is the worst? The Chamber of Horrors match that we never watched from Halloween Havoc. Oh, come on. That's got to be at least kind of good. You and I, ha- I wrote this in the column. You and I have to watch terrible. it, and we have to podcast during it. And the third one right. is the uh, Judy Bagwell on a forklift match. Mm. That kind of goes with the anything on a pole yeah. uh, sort of thing. It does. But yeah. It does, it does. Um, uh, I'm going to tell you this because I know it's going to make you mad. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Um, Sasha versus Bailey in the Iron Woman, Iron Woman match is currently voted the seventh best gimmick match of all time. <laughs> okay. Neighborhood. Serious for a second. You people are on drugs. Are you kidding me? Come on! All right. Um, I think I'm driving my dog bonkers. I apologize. That's just fine. <laughs> Sorry, Mrs. Mance. Uh, I'm going to br- bring up one more question from this one because it's going to lead into something else. And I, this might be where we have to cut it short because I'm, gonna, I'm opening up a can of worms here with you. Um, one of the questions was, which wrestler would you like to see in a comic book slash superhero TV show or movie, and for bonus points, give me the specific one. So let me give you some examples. For example, somebody thinks Bray Wyatt should play the Riddler. Um, Someone thinks Charlotte should play the female Thor. Uh, Somebody thinks John Cena should play Captain America. The Miz should play Deadpool. How's that one? Um, Neville should play Wolverine. I like that one because they're short. Uh, Roman Reigns should play Warpath. Scott Steiner should play the Hulk. I would pay money to watch that. (laughs) Would he also play Dr. Banner or just the Hulk? (laughs) Uh, no, I think he could have to just be the Hulk. <laughs> like, it would be a story where he's stuck. He can't go back and forth. Um, you know, it, it, it's those kinds of things. You know, Dean Ambrose playing the Joker, the Undertaker playing the Punisher. And I don't need your answer, but 
talking about this makes me think about comic book movies and your particular um, feelings about comic book movies. Do you want to talk about that now or do you want to save that for another show? It doesn't matter to me. We can talk about it now. When is What is the last comic book movie you saw in a theater? Hmm. Hmm. Did you see Avengers Age of Ultron? I've seen it, but I don't think I saw it in the theater. Did you see Avengers in the theater? I did. Uh, did you see any of the new Spider-Man movies? I saw the first one. It was terrible. Did you see... I saw Guardians of the Galaxy. That might be the most recent one. In the theater? Yeah, I saw that in the theater. Uh, as a general rule, what are your thoughts on these comic book movies? They're all very enjoyable. Then why is it I, I, that you haven't seen so many of them? I've seen almost all of them. I just I've but I've there was a, there was a long time when you talked about we would talk about oh, wanting yeah. to. I'd be like, hey, aren't you excited to go see Thor: The Dark World? And you'd go, no, no, I don't think I'm going to see it. Maybe if it's you know on no, TNT I, I mean, or something. Yeah, I mean, all those movies are good. They're all well made. They're all good. They're all enjoyable. But you know what? They're all almost the exact same movie. And I've seen that movie so many times now that I'm just not really excited about them anymore. Um, I would say I thought Guardians of the Galaxy was excellent, and that's because it was different from the other movies. Um, But you could tell me any of those Iron Man movies at this point, they basically all blur together. You could tell me Iron Man and Captain America, all the same thing. I mean... Well, I don't know. That second Captain America movie was a cut above, I think, the others. Winter Soldier? Um, so, yeah, I think I that, like that was movie a cut a above. Yeah. Um, but, like, and the first Avengers film? A wonderful, big, smash-mouth blockbuster of a summer movie. Like, it's super fun. But now I've seen that movie, and frankly, Age of Ultron felt like a small movie compared to that first one. You know, the scale of the threat didn't seem the same. I know, yeah, okay, the world was in danger, but all he was doing was lifting up a city that he was going to smash into the... Like, it didn't feel large. It was the Avengers versus a team of robots versus an intergalactic wormhole army pouring through with Thanos on the other... It's like, I mean, it didn't feel like a sequel in terms of the threat. You know what I mean? It never felt that much like anything and frankly where they left things at the end of the Avengers why would I ever want to see Avengers 3 oh let's watch a movie with Scarlet Witch and uh, the Vision yeah let's watch the guy who looks like a baby in tights Uh, let's watch him be the star of a motion picture Uh, don't get me wrong the Vision had some good moments in that second film that part where he picks up Thor's hammer was funny it was a good moment um, but like the makeup of the Avengers team at the end of the Avengers two does not make me want to watch another one of those films. Who cares about Falcon? Who cares about Scarlet Witch? Who cares about the Vision? I don't. And don't you pretend like you? Do. I do. I like Falcon. I like Vision. I, I could. They're fine supporting characters. But again, it, and and I'll make the comparison to wrestling. You know, I I like the mid card. I'm drawn to the mid card. So these. 
whether or not you call them B-level heroes like Falcon or like Vision are the ones that I'm interested in. I I would take Vision over Iron Man and Thor any day of the week. Well, frankly, I was never a big fan of Thor anyways. I think both of those movies were fun. But if you told me that, oh, we're going to make a movie out of one of our properties, oh, we're going to make Thor, I mean, I did say it at the time. I was like, who wants to watch a Thor movie? Mm. And, and they honestly did a great job with it, and the second one was very enjoyable as well, and I love Thor's contributions in the Avengers and Avengers 2. Like, I've got nothing wrong with the execution, but, I mean, the only reason why they ever made those films was because their prime franchises, X-Men, Spider-Man, were tied up at other movie companies where they weren't able to use those characters. That's the only reason why Iron Man got a film, why Thor got a film. Hulk might have gotten a film, I don't know, but... You know, it, it, that's really, I don't know. That's really all I have to say about all it, right. I guess. They're enjoyable films, they're good, but they're, not, they're, they're all the same film at this point. So I'm going to ask you a series of questions because we've got a bunch of comic book movies coming out in the next year or so. Um, are you excited at all about Captain America Civil War? Like I said, I'll see it. I'm sure it's going to be a perfectly fine film. Doctor Strange. Yes, I'm excited about that one, but because of the actor. I would agree with that. Plus, it's I think it's going to be a different kind of movie. I hope so. Batman versus Superman. We didn't talk about DC. <laughs> That's me. We didn't talk about DC Comics, but Batman versus Superman, yes, no, maybe so? No. Really? Not at all. That, that last Superman film, Man of Steel, was terrible. It was a terrible film. And this looks like overwrought emotional garbage like overwrought is the only thing i can think of to describe this film it looks terrible this is what i was hoping for i should have started with dc man bat flick come on man uh suicide squad i think it looks like garbage also i i do not care at all for the joker that look that they're implementing in that film. I also don't care for super sexy Harley Quinn, whom I think is a great character in the comics. I don't like that video game interpretation of her that they seem to have transferred over into that film. And frankly, what else is there to care about in that film? Whether characters, Deathstroke, Will Smith playing Deadshot. Oh yeah, I don't care about Will Smith at all. A bunch of people who never heard of. I mean. Some of that might be all right. Don't get me wrong. Like it, that, that at least has the chance to be a different kind of film. Mm-hmm. It's not the same film. So maybe that one has some promise to me. But again, I don't like the interpretations of the characters that they're putting on the screen for some of the major characters. X-Men Age of Apocalypse. I haven't seen an X-Men film since the third one. You've missed out. I gotta tell you. No, I'm serious. After watching the third one, I don't think I ever have to watch You and I, 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 I would imagine based on when it came out that you and I probably watched the third one together. I, yeah, we probably did. The first two, the, well, not the first two, um, First Class the first one's okay. and Days of Future Past kind oh, of redeem the, newer ones. the story. No, they don't. Th- they do. No. I'm not watching another X-Men film until it's back in-house at Marvel period. Okay. I don't care. I've seen the previews for Apocalypse. I think it looks terrible. They have some wimpy looking like he looks like he weighs 80 pounds wet playing Cyclops. Like I I, none of these 
Charles Xavier is a young kid. Like, I understand some of the time travel bullcrap they did in these movies that you're talking about. I, I know about it tangentially. I don't care. That's not who those characters are. To me, they never will be. I don't have any interest. It all looks like garbage to me. None of the characters look right except for Wolverine. And frankly, I've seen... Hugh Jackman played that character so many times. I just, I don't, I don't, I don't need to see it anymore. When I win Powerball, we're, we'll have an offshoot, which is DDT movies, and we'll watch these. Indeed. Uh, last one. I missed one, and I did it intentionally. Deadpool. Deadpool's an interesting character, um, but he is the product of his medium. He is a character that makes sense in a comic book. Um, I think you can do some of that fourth wall breaking sort of meta behavior in a movie. I'm not doubting that you can't um, execute on that. But it's inherently less interesting to me because he was a subversion of the medium on which he was you know, a product of. And transferring that to a movie... Yeah, I'm sure it'll be entertaining, but not as interesting, I, I think. Okay, fair enough. I'm going to see all of and them. And frankly, I... you've got the same actor playing Deadpool as you played in that played him in that awful Wolverine movie. Don't get me wrong, that was a problem with the script, and that was a problem with the execution in that film. Uh, I, I have every reason to believe that, um, what, Ryan uh, Reynolds is his name, right? That is his name. I believe he can do a better job uh, in a film with a better script. They certainly didn't play anything. That character was not true to the character in that. Oh no, film, so. no, not at all. So not like, at all, I, not at all. it's hard to hold that against them. But it just seems like such a radical departure. You think you would have wanted? Would I, I don't know. I love. I, I'm, I'm mixed. I love comic book movies. I've seen almost all of them. I went and saw Fantastic Four. Like the one I didn't see the that one last I didn't year. see Ant Man. I didn't see Green Lantern. I didn't see you know. I'll I'll go. I love going to the movies as a rule. It's one of my favorite things to sit and watch the previews and the lights go down and you know all that kind of thing. So I'm gonna see all of them. You know, I I I share some of your opinions. I differ with you on some of the opinions. I just wanted a chance for Doc Manson to rant. About comic book movies because I always find. And let it me enjoyable. guess, you think all these films look great? You can't wait to see Superman versus Batman. I can't. I, oh, Batman! I'm not excited. Oh. I will agree. Man of Steel was was tricky. They went. A, it was not a bad film, but it was not a good Superman. They film. they went. Uh, they they took it in a direction that I wouldn't have gone. I I'm Correct. interested in seeing Batfleck. I'm not saying I'm looking forward to it necessarily, but I'm interested. I'm interested in seeing the interplay between the characters. I'm interested in Lex Luthor. You know, I'll I'll be interested to see how they set the stage for this Justice League universe that they want to create. But uh, you know, Zack Snyder is a terrible director. I'm not a huge fan. I will freely admit that. But I'll go see it just to see what all the fuss is about. And because when you go to a movie at 10 in the morning and you only pay $7.50 to go see it, you'll go see a whole lot of things because it's not that big of an investment. I would not go pay $20 to go to an evening show to see that movie. But that, to me, is worth a morning matinee. Um, I still haven't seen Star Wars. And I want to see that film. That was good. That was good. Not great. But that was good. So stop talking about it right now. Okay. Stop it. <sighs> oh, I hate you. All right. Let's get out of here. Uh, I agree, sir. 
We are Almost DDT Wrestling. Ends. He is Doc Manson at Yes, Doc I Manson. am. I am DC Matthews NAI at DC Matthews NAI. Our, yes, he is. Our apologies, PJ. We've talked about how we got started in wrestling. He's a Hulk Hogan kid. I'm a Bret Hart kid. That pretty much answers that question for you. Stop. Go look up some of the, the, the one of the earlier episodes of The Neighborhood. Maybe episode five, six, yeah. the first one I was on. At Rebel I mean, Dentist NAI has been binging Neighborhood podcasts. I hope she continues doing it because uh, it, it makes me happy. I hope not happy. for her sake. Our, our email address is ddtwrestling at gmail.com. Please be a part of our show we will read your email on the air or i'll pretend i know what it's about and we'll talk about it so paraphrase it at best what anyways i said you'll paraphrase your email i'll I'll paraphrase it best i don't have my chromebook in front of me today usually i've got technology abound uh any final thoughts before we get on out of here into that good night sir um no all right uh, what a way to end a show, huh? <laughs> Kevin Owens. Leave it on a high note. Kevin, uh, my final thought is Kevin Owens is a fantastic wrestler because he is making Dean Ambrose more interesting with each passing day. That's all I'll say. Kevin Owens is fantastic. That's that's a goodest part to end as ever. For Doc Manson, I'm DC Yo. Matthews. We are Ghostbusters. That's what we are. We out.